And good morning and happy month of May to all of you joining us for this Sacred Heart Hour. Coming to you live from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning, morning Father. Contract's been renewed for yet another <laughs> month here. So, as we, set off, <laughs> as we set off into this very busy and very uh, joyful first Friday hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, we invite you to join us as we make the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops, and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, Father, as we start again, I know we have some new listeners out there every week. And again, our mission of the Sacred Heart Hour is to promote the enthronement to the Sacred Heart of Jesus throughout the Diocese of Ohio and beyond. And what a gift that we are part of this uh, movement of promoting the enthronement and witnessing uh, Jesus as people enthroned in their home father. And for our listeners, you know, I was thinking, how, how did you get involved in this, Father? The Lord. <laughs> I can only I mean, blame it on him. <laughs> I wasn't creative enough to do this on my own. We know that. No, I mean, it was uh, actually goes way back. The Lord brought uh, you in, Father. Totally. Um, in fact, I was just thinking about that not too long ago, maybe a week or so ago, uh, two weeks ago. I was visiting with uh, some students from Franciscan University. They were up just to say hello for the day. And, uh, and what, they came uh, with one of the TOR friars that uh, the friars who sponsor the school and teach there and minister there. And one of the friars said, you know, Father, uh, the students always come back and mention your name with regard to the Sacred Heart and whatnot. And how did that all start? <laughs> I gave him that same deer in the headlights look I just gave you. you know? <laughs> and I told him, I said, well, you know, I haven't really ever thought of it, but I have to be honest, I think it was probably when I was in junior high and I made my consecration to Mary through St. Maximilian Maria mm-hmm. Kolbe and the Militia Immaculata. And I was just very moved by his life mm-hmm. and his consecration and his total dedication to the kingdom of God. And when I was in uh, seventh grade, eighth grade at St. Anthony's grade school, I made the consecration there. Uh, a shout out to Mrs. Sandy Strati, my religion teacher. She protected the vocation and guided it. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's kind of um, almost hidden behind the curtain in the consecration to Mary through St. Maximilian Kolbe is everything for the Sacred Heart. Everything is mm-hmm. done for the glory of the Sacred Heart. And I didn't pick up on it then. My to- my focus mm-hmm. then was, in an odd way, maybe as a, a young man, I was just moved by that uh, dedication of Maximilian Kolbe to basically form an army of Our Lady to win the world for God's kingdom. And it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago that visiting T.O.R. Friar asked me, how did this all begin? And at first I said, well, when I was first ordained a priest and people were asking for help in the home. And then I thought, well, no, it was actually when I was in seminary and I found a booklet talking about the enthronement. I had no idea what it was about. Hmm. Oh, wait, no, it was actually even before that. It was back in eighth hmm. grade. You know, now, truth of the matter, baptism. <laughs> it all begins in baptism, doesn't it? So I, the Lord just kind of stitches everything together and he writes with Father, straight crooked you, lines. You bring up such a great point is that you were young. 
A very you young. know, yeah. you were young when even you did the total consecration. Yeah. And sometimes I think we're selling our young people short. I could not agree with that more. You are totally correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. the enthronement in your home yeah. is a wonderful way. It builds on it. It does. Introduces it. I mean, I think of like the sisters who teach at St. Michael's School. They have they, they walk the eighth graders to a consecration to Our Lady. Uh, and it's optional for the students. But you can really see God's grace working and moving. Absolutely. And there's nothing that really burns me up more on the inside than when I hear somebody say, oh, well, they're not ready for that. They're not mature enough for it. They won't get it. It's like, I I could not have to disagree with that more. The Lord calls, the Lord works, and the Lord pours forth His grace. And I think more than ever before, our young people need to be introduced to the power of the Holy Spirit, the sacred heart of Jesus, the protection in their home, Mm-hmm. And that's why we're here. <laughs> Absolutely. And Our Lady. Oh, well, actually, that's a perfect oh, dovetail. Yes, month is. of May. Yes, it is. <laughs> month of May. The month dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And and it's beautiful. Um, that was a Holy Spirit moment because that was not in our script, was it, Chuck? <laughs> that question. Do we have a script, Father? <laughs> we never have a script. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have a, a, a guidepost, but, you know, but I think it's so powerful that today on this first Friday dedicated to the Sacred Heart, we're in the month of May. We're, we're still basking in the glory of Easter. Thank God. Month is the May is really a month of Easter this year, and it's a month of Mary. And uh, it brings us a beautiful opportunity to highlight for all of those who are joining us in this hour, how when you make the enthronement to the Sacred Heart, you're making, um, you're really making an effort to join a family. It's the family of God. You know, you're bringing our Lord Jesus and his sacred heart into the center of your home, but you're really acknowledging Mary as his mother. Mary is our mother. Uh, Oftentimes we hear from many people about how there's this prompting from the Holy Spirit to then start to adore the Lord in the Eucharist, to go to Mass more frequently. The saints don't become, um, you know, images of the impossible, but rather brothers and sisters of the familiar. You know, they become your family and friends. And we always say, make your home. It's part of uh, it's part of our prayers and part of, you know, what we pray as we do the enthronement, witness the enthronement. It's true. Make your home another Bethany. Absolutely. And Bethany was a place of joy, refreshment. Yeah, and rest. And rest. <laughs> yeah. And family and friends, totally. Yeah. For those um, that would be interested in knowing more about the enthronement, or would want to go ahead and um, sign up, you can go to our website, enthronements.com. That's enthronements.com. Or call St. Gabriel Radio. There's a staff here answering the phones, 614-459-4820, 614-459-4820. And I know, Father, we have our guest on the line right now, mm-hmm. Bill Zierzo. And what a gift that we can have Bill as a guest father. Oh, what a great guy. And Bill is the president and owner of Town Money Saver, president of the board of Sacred Heart and Throwman Network, former board member of St. Gabriel AM 820, and founder of the Lucas Community Center. Married to Sydney, they have four children. And uh, is Bill on? I'm right here, Chuck. All, All right. right. Good morning. Did I do a pretty good job introducing you? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That sounds great. I know. I appreciate it. Uh, and I, I will add one thing. Uh, my wife uh, was both uh, 
co-founding, I guess, on the Town Money Saver and the Community Center, so she's been pretty instrumental. Of course in she was, Bill. Yeah. All those things. So. Yeah, I just wanted that correction. I wasn't, we should have checked ahead of time. She's the wind beneath your wings. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I hear Joanne's voice too. I, I miss her from. I miss her smiles and hugs from the St. Gabriel meeting. Well, you so just have to nice come to, to Columbus you. more. And uh, so, Bill, tell us a little bit about your family life before the uh, Sacred Heart enthronement, and uh, and then we can go on. We have a couple other questions to ask you. But what was happening before the enthronement? Um. Well, I think we had. I'd say pretty normal. Um, you know, we had we had four children and had lived a pretty you know I guess uh, straight and narrow lifestyle. You know, we weren't super on fire, but you know we did we, we had the kids going through the sacraments, going to mass, uh, and uh, we didn't participate in a lot of extracurriculars or anything. Just um, raising the children and that. And after our fourth child, um, you know, we I, I think the way I would describe it is. We started to feel like we had this under control, like um, uh-huh. kind of like we got this covered. You know, what's what's the problem if we do a little bit of this or that? So we started, uh, you know, at first you know, kind of a leisure, enjoying some going out, got a babysitter, and started, you know, socializing a lot more. And one thing led to another, and um, I'd say what happened was we uh, there was you know probably excessive alcohol involved and. I'd say slowly but surely our life, you know, our family life started to kind of unravel a little bit, you know, that it went from being a little bit fun to, uh, um, you know, a lot of difficulty. And obviously you can imagine that lifestyle. The more we did it, the more, the worse it got. And we got to a real low point in our marriage. Um, I think this was back around 08 or something. And uh, really through the grace of God and for a lot of various reasons, um, you know, we were kind of pulled out of that and started to recover. And, you know, with the, and I always think too, I love the, you know, think that God, you know, has created us to be in relationship with others. And so whether it's, you know, it's even apostles at the church or it might even be people in the, in secular, you know, like counselors or different people that you can lean on to help uh, recover from some of these things. So we were really blessed to have a good marriage counselor and, and some other things that we started on the road to kind of healing and, and getting our life back. So to be honest with you, we felt probably pretty about the time that we were enthroning the home. And how I heard about it was, by the way, being at the men's conference. So that was another get a shout out for the men's conference, which I love. And um, I just see, and, and you know, I was in that frame of mind, like, boy, I really needed to get the the healing back in our house. And in fact, adoration. By the way, I'll put a plug in for that. It was a we had a I had a guy I didn't even know from our church call, and I just said yes because I need I knew we needed something, and started going to adoration. And uh, so again, as as we started to heal, and and our family started kind of coming back together, um, that was one of the the things that we did. Was uh, in fact, obviously, you and Joanne came up, which we were blessed to have you two come up. And do our enthronement, and obviously, what sticks in our mind now is what we didn't appreciate at the time was when you said, uh, "You know, sometimes things might bubble up <laughs> that." Uh, <laughs> Boy, <do they> ever. <laughs> that uh, you know, we we thought we were kind of you know pretty good in there, and uh, so after the enthronement, the one thing that we had not really probably addressed or healed from was the alcohol. You know, it was still a big part of our life, and um, so within two months of having the enthronement, 
Um, we had a, uh, in fact, well, to be totally honest, we were, I was listening to the radio and I had heard an ad for St. Gregory Retreat Center, so I put a plug in for them too because this, they had a big impact on our life. And um, so basically, what happened was we started talking that maybe this was something we needed to take a further step. And you know, I was talking to my wife last night about this, obviously, and sharing this, so she's open to me sharing all this this morning. But um, <clears throat> she had uh, said that that was the first time with the enthronement she started to not feel alone, you know, in what mm. she was suffering with, you know, with the alcoholism, let's say, and felt that she could really get help. So and I think I've shared this before, one of the uh, one of the God incidences, I'll say, is I just happened, in fact, I, I hadn't really gone to daily mass before, and this one Wednesday I thought, you know, I should just, uh, I don't know why, I just felt called to, like, go to mass, so I went to mass, and it happened to be the feast day of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, which had a you know had a bigger significance later when I realized um, the involvement with Our Lady of Fatima in, in both the enthronement and um, and Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Her last appearance, I guess, was as Our Lady of Mount Carmel. I'll just kind of throw that out there first. But anyway, within a couple hours of going to Mass, my wife had called me and said, hey, I think I want to call that St. Gregory Treat Center and go there, and if you can come home and help me, I need help making the call. And um, so, obviously, at that point, knew something big was happening. This wasn't just by accident. And within five days, you know, she was there and spent the next two months there. And that, I'm happy to say, that was um, in July. That'll be, we'll be starting our sixth year with no alcohol in the house at all. Wow. Praise God. And, um and she she told me a couple little things last night that I'll share that were really cool that she felt were not by accident. And um, she even said she was the last leg of the flight from Chicago. She thought maybe, you know, have a couple more last drinks here before she gets there. And she goes, the plane was fairly empty. But what sits right next to her was a young couple that were Franciscan. They were graduates of Franciscan University. <laughs> and I forget what they were doing, but they were... She said she never touched anything because she really felt the presence of God at that point sort of taking over and, and guiding her, and that uh, they started, like, singing and doing different stuff. On I, I didn't get it all from her, in the, I don't remember exactly, but anyway, she knew that. So she felt some presence at that point. She started to really feel a difference. And then one of the little things that uh, she really commented on was when she got to the airport and she was getting her luggage, um, she said she knew she was meeting somebody to pick her up, and yet a gentleman came up to her by the luggage and said, okay, Cindy, you ready to do this, and walked away. And she thought it was the driver, and here it wasn't. And she didn't know who the guy was. Huh. And so she felt that, again, that that, so there was a lot of little signs that uh, there was obviously a lot at work. So needless to say, that's, uh, you know, it, was, it changed our whole family. That, that uh, And I think we were talking last night, you know, it, even though we were feeling pretty good and we thought we had kind of things under control, we clearly didn't. And um, that really solidified, I think, the peace in our home and um, and just, I don't know, just changed the whole atmosphere of the home. Now it feels like you're grounded, you know, back at the home now. And, and we love, you know, we obviously have the the images uh, displayed, right? We have them kind of right in the kitchen, right as you walk in and out. So I mean, every time you leave, go in or out of the house, you really can't miss them. And uh, we obviously got the the Fatima statue. So, um, but anyway, I can go on and on. I know we only got so much time this morning, but that, that's the main, uh, the part that really, uh, changed our family. So obviously we're eternally appreciative of 
then Thrillman and you guys for bringing that to our home, and obviously that's what's motivating us to try to share this with other families. Well, Bill, thank you. And oh, my. Um, I was reflecting on a, a book. It's entitled Enthronement of the Sacred Heart by Father Larkin. And on chapter four, his first two sentences are, there is one place where the special graces and blessings of the Sacred Heart are needed more than anywhere else. That place is the home. And I think for our listeners out there and our relationship, Bill, and so forth, it's not like all of a sudden you were saying, you know, for many years, oh, we've got to have our house in throne. It's one of those where when that nudge comes, right, Father, just do mm-hmm. it. Totally. You know, Bill, in your uh, witness that you shared with us, and thank you for doing that, by the way, the thing that um, stood out to me and struck me was uh, all of the different moments throughout your experience where the Lord had given you a grace to be open to what was needed for the next step. And uh, and I think that's very powerful because a lot of us are waiting for perfection before we mm. do the enthronement. Mm. We're waiting for everything to uh, everything to have settled, the dust to have fallen, you know, everything to be clean and perfect. And uh, it's just particularly powerful and beautiful that you were given that uh, particular grace to just acknowledge: no, we need something different. We need something new in our home. And uh, and building on that, it was the next step. You know, it was. Uh, the conversation you had with Chuck and Joanne as missionaries of the Sacred Heart in your home, and it's like, now that you've done the enthronement, the Lord's going to start rearranging things, you know? <laughs> he's going to start moving the furniture around to make it the way he wants it. And and I think that's very it's powerful, it's beautiful, and to be brutally honest, it's painful when the Lord comes in, and it's like, okay, we need you at the center of our lives, at the center of our homes, and we've made our home uh, your Bethany, you know, so please be at rest and be at peace here. And sometimes that's when the Lord, through His light and His grace and His life, He starts to help our lives become what they're supposed to be. So thank you for sharing that beautiful and powerful witness. Oh, my. Uh, I was going to comment, too. It's funny. One of my friends uh, that I talked to, I, I share a lot of this with them. And we had some other trials and tribulations in the family after that, too. That, again, we kind of felt we're, we're sort of cleansing, you know, the family and bringing things out. And as I would share some of these, he goes, hey, remind me to never do that. <laughs> and the point being what you said, Father, was uh, it's definitely a little painful. And uh, But obviously, you know, it's like the no pain, no gain thing. I mean, we're in such a such a better place. And um, I, we're so pre- you know, thankful for it and feel blessed for going through that. We'd never want it any other way. So, I, And obviously, he's kidding. He, he, he would like to have it done, too. But... Uh, I had I I'll tell you too it's a little off the thing but yesterday I had a an employee that I talked to often uh that seems to be on a journey maybe hopefully coming to the Catholic Church and and maybe to Christ either way um but it was interesting he made one comment that he he's kind of drifted back away he was signed up for RCIA and then kind of dropped out and then uh you know I I really have tried to not push him but he came in yesterday to talk a little bit, and one of the comments he made was he still has a rosary hanging up in his house. And I have some images in my office, uh, and obviously have the Fatima statue and that in here, in my, just in my personal office. And he said how he doesn't feel any hope and that he feels mm-hmm. no purpose, and that he had noticed recently that when he would look at the rosary hanging up or he would look at these images, 
he would start to feel that sense of hope again and feel mm-hmm. that sense of purpose. So it was funny. I, I thought just as we were thinking of coming on this morning, just and, and even in our home, just the images alone. And I think what mm-hmm. Chuck said, and one of the things that attracts me the most to this devotion is how, you know, in Father Larkin's book, uh, that this is not for the pious and perfect, um, that it's really for those people that are really hurting and suffering. And, and that's been a theme for me. I've even being present in the Sacred Heart and Throwman Network, and I've told Chuck, I mean, I don't honestly feel worthy of doing that, and yet God has put me here. And so you want to start to share the gifts he's given us, and it's hard sometimes, I think, to even think you're worthy of that. And I think a lot of people don't feel worthy of the mercy and forgiveness sometimes. And, and so as simple as just getting those images up in the home, and then ideally going through the entire enthronement, obviously, is what we're encouraged to do. And but but anyway, sorry, I'm just blabbering on now. Oh, no, I'm no. so important. Go ahead, Troy. Well, Bill, as you were speaking, I just had goosebumps, and I could you know feel my eyes watering up. <laughs> it is just so beautiful, and people are telling us more and more how when we share our story. And they love having people here on this radio program. We, you know, come and we invite and we try to share. But when we hear testimonies of others who have actually said yes, had opened the door to our Lord, and especially, you know, we all have issues. We're all sinners. We're on our way. And it's just so exciting and renewing. And I just know that you're in Cindy's testimony sharing today is going to like the pebble in the pond is going to make a huge difference at grace and i just thank you and cindy so much and uh your god has special plans he's using you and both of you and um i'm excited for what he's done and <laughs> what he continues to do and also well, for your support to the sacred heart and throne network to spread this uh, enthronement devotion all over the country. And I know self-enthronement kits have been shipped to every state, continue, uh, and so forth. But what touched me and Father, for me, it was, we know there are 12 promises. And for those that are listening, uh, our Lord, over a period of, what, two years, yeah, gave yeah. to uh, St. Margaret Mary yeah. what has been known as the 12 promises. And number nine, I was thinking what you just said, Bill, I will bless the homes in which the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and honored. And what you're really saying is by you exposing the images, it's not about just hanging a picture. Mm -hmm. It's about allowing Jesus to be the king of your home and to come on in. And Father, any other thoughts before we um, thank Bill and, and move on to session two? Well, you know, one of the things we try to make available to all of our listeners every month on this First Friday uh, hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart is the opportunity and the invitation given to us by the Lord to not merely exist, but to start to live. Mm. And Bill, your beautiful Mm -hmm. witness, uh, painful as it is in certain chapters of it, without a doubt, you know, you highlight through uh, your eloquence how, you know, a lot of people today settle for merely existing. Mm. You got everything where it's supposed to be. All the ducks are lined up. You think you got it good. But in truth, we're just existing. And that's not what the Lord created us to do. He wants us to live. 
And when you go from that um, state of existing into being truly and fully alive, there's a transformation that occurs. There's a growth that occurs. And and we all know, you know, when you're growing and trans- going through a transformation, whether it's spiritual or physical, whether you're moving from one home into another. It's painful. There's a pain there. <laughs> there's a, a challenge that has to be overcome. And, you know, and your words are, are so beautiful. And, and I, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit takes your words and plants them into the hearts and minds of many of our listeners who today are struggling without knowing they're struggling because they're existing. And they know now because of your words that they were made for life. They weren't made to exist. They were made to live. And uh, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit opens these minds and hearts through your beautiful words um, of so many people to kind of look away from existing and look towards living. And in this month of May, to seek out the intercession of Our Lady. And you know? how Our Lady of Fatima was so part of this, too, yeah. with uh, Mount Carmel, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Absolutely. And the apparition of Fatima. It's just, and we bring the statue of Our Lady of Fatima. <laughs> no such thing as a coincidence, and right, no, Bill? No, <laughs> it's really awesome. And you know what the gift is, is, uh, Bill, we had the gift. I mean... Being a missionary to come into your home. Oh, absolutely. As, and to be able to uh, be there to just witness uh, your enthronement. And we, as you know, we don't come there with counseling. We don't come there with advice because that's not our expertise. We just come there to bring Jesus. And for those listening, Bill and Sydney, they live up on a beautiful, um, I would say, over 100 acres of land up on Lucas a little County. bit of heaven up there. Yeah, a little bit of heaven, <laughs> which is just uh, north of <clears throat> Mansfield. But, you know, I, I was thinking when Joey, you were thinking of some things, Bill, when you wanted us to maybe come up and witness. And I'm thinking, why am I driving an hour? <laughs> <laughs> Can't I save souls right here in Upper Arlington? <laughs> and, uh, but anyway. And the answer I, is yes and yes. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, when that nudge comes, and that's what we're talking to our listeners about. When that nudge comes, just sign up and have the enthronement. That's the gift. Just sign up. Just blatantly do it, not knowing everything not knowing what's going to happen. But I think in ending, one of the gifts that I've been given through Bill and Sydney is to get to know your son, Ben. And what this has done for Ben, the enthronement, I know a lot of parents are saying, yeah, but what about my children? And what do we say, Father, the whole family is part of that enthronement? Totally, completely, absolutely, when you bring the enthronement in, yeah. If I could add, that that was one of the most powerful moments, I think, of the actual enthronement was, I mean, to be totally honest, that was the first time, I think, to have all six of us doing the rosary at the same time. And, and that's, if anybody listening hasn't done that, that's an incredibly emotional moment. And, and, to, and that's a common thing, Bill. Yeah. That's not yeah. unusual. Yeah, so that's... That was even even in our men's group. We talked how many men uh, really are uncomfortable to pray with their wives. Um, it was a shocker, and and I was included in that. And I think this, the enthronement has had a lot to do with opening that up for us as well. The intimacy of praying with your spouse and your children, and um, that was a huge uh, fruit from from it as well. So, well, anyway, Bill, we really appreciate your testimony. I know the people out there. It's going to be touching them as it has touched us. And uh, can't thank you enough. And also can't thank you enough for stepping up and saying, hey, it made a difference in my family. 
I want to make a difference in families all over the United States. And you are doing it with Emily, the director, and uh, Jeff Solinger and all the team that, that's been assembled and Bill Messerly here. So we can't thank you enough. Love to Cindy, and uh, we look forward to breaking bread when you're back in the big city of Columbus. And, and also, for those of you who have heard this testimony today and maybe say, oh, I wish, you know, my husband would hear this or my friend, don't forget about the archives at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, that you can hear this program uh, anytime. Well, anyway, we thank okay. you, Bill. Have a great day, and God bless. Great. God bless, and thank thanks for you. having me on uh-huh. here. And you guys have a wonderful day. Okay. Uh-huh. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. As we bring to a close this first segment in the Sacred Heart Hour, we invite you to join us as we commend ourselves to the mercy of God through the Sacred Heart of Jesus. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessings in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 Why do Catholics honor Mary so much? When Jesus had given us everything on the cross, he looked down and saw one last gift, his mom. And he told his beloved disciple, Behold your mother. And he told his mother, Behold your son. That beloved disciple was John, but it's also you. Jesus gave you, his mother, to be your spiritual mom. God didn't save us as individuals, but as a family. And the most highly honored human being in the family of the church not including Jesus himself, who also happens to be God. It isn't some super apostle or great prophet or warrior king. It's a mom, largely unnoticed in this life, and now called Ark of the New Covenant, Terror of Demons, Help of Christians, Queen of Heaven and Earth. But the most honored title she has is Mother, Mother of God and our Mother. So why do we honor Mary so much? Because she's our mom. And that's a good insight into the weight of glory waiting for all mothers. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Join us on May 13th for a candlelit rosary procession led by Bishop Robert J. Brennan in honor of the 102nd anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima's first appearance. The two-mile route will start at Holy Family Catholic Church at 7 p.m. and process to St. Patrick's Parish and will conclude at 9 p.m. Shuttles will be starting from St. Patrick's to Holy Family at 6 p.m. as well as back to Holy Family after the procession. More information can be found at stgabrielradio.com. National surveys indicate that after 25 years in the priesthood, 94% of all priests reported they are very happy in their vocation. Happy now, heaven forever. Can it get any better? If you know a young man who might be open to discerning a vocation to the priesthood, encourage him to pray about it and talk to a seminarian or priest about their journey or call the Diocesan Office of Vocations to learn more. Seek holiness. Answer God's call. For more information on vocations, visit faceforwardcolumbus.com. And welcome back to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, the first Friday hour dedicated to the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined in the studios live by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, And in our first segment this morning, we were very blessed to have a testimony from Mr. Bill Zierzo, president of the National uh, Enthronement Network Board. Uh, And so 
we invite you, if you didn't so have a chance powerful. to catch the whole testimony, please come back to St. Gabriel Radio and check the archives and listen to that whole testimony. Very beautiful, powerful. And uh, as we enter into this uh, second segment of our Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month of May, the month dedicated to Our Lady, we offer up our daily covenant renewal. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults, as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Please help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families during the night that is to follow and help us to live that we might get to heaven and reign with you forever. Amen. 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 Now, Joanne, every month we try to highlight our Holy Father's intention, because as we pray several times throughout the hour, we we unite our intentions and our prayers with those of the Holy Father. So this month, how about you announce the intention of our Holy Father? Well, it's about Africa and the church in Africa, a seed of unity that the church in Africa, through the commitment of its members, may be the seed of unity among her people's and a sign of hope for this continent. And also, would it be okay if we pray for our own continent, Father? I think so, yes. <laughs> you know, I, I'm thinking as you're going through the intention of our Holy Father, all of the people in our area who have been so moved by some of the words of wisdom from someone like mm-hmm. Cardinal Serra, mm-hmm. who's from Africa, and many of the cardinals and bishops Cardinal and priests, Lorenzo. I, um, Lorenzi. Yeah, I mean, we have just been very blessed with so many beautiful and wise prophets for our time who have come from the African continent. Cardinal Lorenzi, who is very good friends with uh, St. John Paul II, and of course now Cardinal Serra. Uh, whose books are just incredibly powerful. Oh, they are true gems. Um, Sometimes you have to reread a couple of paragraphs. (laughs) He's very, he's eloquent and brilliant. But I mean, that's the Holy Father's just calling Mm -hmm. our attention to the fruitfulness that's coming out of a people who drew, they truly love and believe in the Lord. And, uh, you know, looking ahead, uh, not only into the rest of this hour, but also to this month of May, we have a couple of special events we want to share with all of you. We understand that some of you perhaps have just come out of daily Mass, uh, or you're getting ready to depart your car to go into work or to run your errands. But we have a couple of beautiful, very special events we want to share with all of you, our Sacred Heart family. The first of which is in this month of May, a month dedicated to Our Lady, on the Fatima Day, May 13th. The Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, the first, uh, the anniversary of the first apparition of Our Lady in Fatima. On May 13th, there's going to be a special procession uh, from Holy Family Church on West Broad Street to St. Patrick's Church, both of which are in downtown Columbus. The procession begins at 7 p.m. at Holy Family on May 13th. It's a rosary procession, so we'll pray the decades and the mysteries of the rosary as we process through downtown Columbus. And this year, the fourth uh, procession as such. We are so incredibly blessed to have the presence of Bishop Brennan. Isn't that exciting? Bishop Brennan's going to be and joining Father, the procession. People ask me, how long is the procession and 
What about my car? And you Ooh, know, processing and uh, do I bring a candle or one of those <laughs> sure. uh, battery operated ones? It depends on how much you like wax. <laughs> so, uh, very good question. So there are going to be uh, shuttles running between St. Patrick's and Holy Family. So oh, if you great. desire to park at St. Patrick's, the shuttles mm-hmm. will be leaving about six thirty. There's okay. three large shuttles. You can park at St. Patrick's, take the shuttles down to Holy Family, or you can park at Holy Family Parish Church mm-hmm. on West Broad Street, and then at the end of the procession, the same three shuttles will be taking drivers back to the parish so they there can pick up their car. There are going to be thousands of people, Father. I you hope there are what, a lot of shuttles. What a better testimony <laughs> to truly uh, the city and the world that we believe. And Absolutely. I was sharing with some people, you remember, we are journeying towards the city of God, and Our mm-hmm. Lady as Our Mother is leading us. And in this procession, we're going right, Right smack dab through the center of the city of man. And we're yeah. not going to let him get in the way. Oh, the heart of it all. Columbus. <laughs> we're taking it, you know? And so it's going to be a beautiful opportunity. May 13th, 7 p.m., a rosary procession. If you wish to bring your own candle, you are invited to do so. I there are going like to be candles available. <laughs> now, for out. listeners out there, Father, maybe help us a little, exp- explain a little bit about why May 13th. Sure. And why the church celebrates that as a feast day sure. for Our Lady of Fatima. So May 13th is the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima because it's the first date of her apparition in Fatima, Portugal, May 13th. Uh, and it's the first of a series of apparitions that go from May through to October. And uh, May 13th is particularly powerful because it falls right in the middle of the month of May, a month dedicated to Our Lady. And of course, when Our Lady first appeared to the three shepherd children in Fatima, What was one of the very first things she did? She introduced him to the rosary. Hmm. So in gratitude for that love and in gratitude for that instruction, we're going to pray the mysteries of the rosary. The Dominican friars, uh, the sons of St. Dominic, who are entrusted with the care of the Holy Rosary, they will be leading it. Father Stephen, the pastor at St. Patrick's, will be leading it. We pray for the diocese. We pray for the church throughout the world. And, uh, you know, one of the, a lot of questions, a lot of people will ask the question, why a procession? Like, what? why have a procession? Mm-hmm. Well, really, that goes back to the Council of Ephesus. Mm. In the Council of Ephesus, there was this great debate, you know, well, who is Jesus and what is Jesus? And in the Council of Ephesus, the bishops of the church, way, way, way back when, they settled upon this powerful, this powerful and very clear teaching that Jesus Christ is true God and true man, and that Mary is the God-bearer. She is the mother of God. Well, what's that say about Jesus? If he is her son and she is the mother of God, that means her son, Jesus, is God. The people at Ephesus were so filled with Mm. gratitude uh, that this declaration had been made Mm. that that night they had a huge candlelight procession through the streets of Ephesus. And ever since then, we have had this tradition of a candlelight I procession. I never knew that. Wow. We do it for our Lord. We do it for our lady. We do it because we're Catholic and we just want to party. When was and, that, Father? Council of Ephesus? Just the other day. <laughs> <laughs> we're going way back Within into the history of the church. Years. <laughs> so, but the gratitude there. And uh-huh. I think of, you know, think of the excitement of those people. They were waiting. They knew all of the bishops were in yeah. discernment and in debate. You know, about this teaching about our Lord. And they came out with this teaching, the Theotokos, the God-bearer. Mary is the mother of God. How beautiful and how eloquent, guided by the Holy Spirit, the best way they could affirm the divinity of Jesus was by making a statement saying, Mary, who is the mother, everyone knows she's the mother, Mm. is the mother of God. Making Mm. a statement about Jesus 
by highlighting a statement about her. And that's so powerful because a lot of our listeners out there, we get distracted, you know, by the naysayers or the whispers or ignorance, you know, and it's like, no, whenever we draw close to Mary, we're drawing close to her son, Jesus, because she is the most beautiful of all people. And she wants us to know God as she knows God. And Father, growing up, uh, we always had a little May altar in our home. Completely. I mean, just yeah. simple. But mother would take the statue. We'd go and uh, I mean, I, we'd pick dandelions if that was the only flower. Widely available, you know? right? <laughs> so. and, but it was the love. It was really, you know, and maybe not just for children, but no, it was the adults. gesture. Yeah. And we have had in our family... Uh, our own May processions and May crownings mm-hmm. with the children and the grandchildren. Just sing Hail Mary. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be a hymn that's complicated no. and make a little crown. It just just make that effort to honor our mother. It's really the mother. little acts of love that make mm-hmm. the greatest statements. Just mm-hmm. last night I was meeting with a young man from here in Central Ohio for spiritual direction and I asked him, I said, today, okay, you were in May, what are you doing for Our Lady as your mother? And he's like, well, I went and bought a bouquet of flowers and placed them before her in the home. And I looked at him, I said, it's the little things, Jack. And I said, and I pray that you never lose that and never forget it. And in this month of May, you know, a lot of times in the confessional, I'll be presented with a hardened heart. And of course, you can see the burden in their hearts. And they're like, oh, what's the penance going to be? Oh, my goodness, I'm never going to get off my knees for the next 30 days. (laughs) And it's like, okay, I want you to go to the closest store that you know, you can, and get a bouquet of flowers and place it in front of Our Lady in your parish church. Mm. Is that Beautiful. it? Beautiful. That's it? And it's like, that's enough. Because we each need that simple act yeah. of humility to know, first, we are a child. And she is our mother. And she directs us back to God, our Father, and to heaven. And she wants us to have her son, Jesus. And in this month of May, for all of you moms, dads, grandpas, grandmas, aunts and uncles, teachers, You know, if you have a child entrusted to your care in whatever way, shape, or form, lead that child to Mary in this month. Just have the child, you know, bring a little offering of their own making, of their own picking, hopefully nothing breakable. (laughs) And, you know, teach them that simple act of entrustment. And I go back to the example of beautiful St. John Paul II, whose mother died when he was tragically young. His own father took him to the great shrine of Our Lady in Shestahova, Poland, and said, she is your mother. She is your mother, and you must now go to her, because your birth mom is in heaven, but Our Lady, she is still here with us. What greater thing can we give to one another than that reminder? I never knew that. And boy, he had that devotion his Forever. whole life. Even on his papal coat of arms. Yeah. He put that big, undeniably, yeah. quite noticeable M at the foot of the cross. And look what she did through him. Totally. You know, Father, as growing up as a convert um, and growing up in the Protestant tradition, you know, Mary was never part of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that for me, it took me a while. But what I really realized is Mary leads you to Jesus. Absolutely. And, and that's what's happened to yeah. me. And I remember a person that worked, God bless his soul, Al Haslow, that worked with us at Wilson's. And Al grew up in an orphanage. And I was thinking, what a gift Our Lady was because he didn't feel comfortable going to Jesus for some reason. Right. And I was Protestant at that time, but he felt so comfortable going to Mary. Mm. And he said, Mary, you take it to Jesus. Right. Now, is that part of, is that normal for some people where they just don't 
feel worthy to Jesus, so they go through Mary. But yeah. Mary is there to take us to Jesus. Well, the, see, this is the beautiful thing is anytime we go to her, she's never going to let us stay with her. Uh-huh. She's always going to escort us to him. And, you know, we all have those moments where we have tripped and fallen or we've been beaten up and dragged down. And we all end up with scars. And sometimes they're emotional scars. And sometimes we each end up with baggage that's not properly packed, you know. And we end up with something that might prohibit us either from within or from outside uh, from having that deep-seated intimacy with our Lord's sacred heart, with Jesus himself. And you find it with a lot of different people here and there, and they will cry out for their mother in a moment of need. They cry out for their mother, and they know the name of their mother. It's like the children I was preparing for First Holy Communion through their interviews. I said, what is the name of your mother in heaven? Mary. I said, never forget the name of your mother. She will always, always, always take you to Jesus, your Lord, our Lord. And so you're right. We meet people who we all end up with hiccups or burdens or scars and, uh, you know, baggage and issues. It, it's 2019. You know, we're all getting beaten up out there. And uh, how beautiful that he at least knew enough to go to her who would then take him to the Lord, her son. And, and think about even on a human level when, you know, a child loses his human mother or doesn't have Right. No, even has a mother. Right. As many of our Protestant brothers and sisters are, you know, not connected. Right. They're missing so much what the Lord has in mind for them. And I'm reminded of Father John Paul Mary, who's a Franciscan friar who works at EWTN. He was a classmate of mine at uh, the Josephinum. He's been here, Father. Way back when. He's been one of our speakers. (laughs) And uh, he was at one of our congresses. And he was talking to me, of course, he's in Birmingham, Alabama, Mm -hmm. buckle of the Bible belt. You know, and he said, you know, I'm walking around Birmingham in this Franciscan habit. You can only imagine the reaction I get. And he said, and people will ask, he's like, you know, I love the Catholic Church, but what I don't get, and I'm not sure how to get it, is the whole Mary thing. And he said, you know, I just realized, it was a prompting from the Holy Spirit. I just directed it right back to him. I said, why don't you just ask Jesus for the grace to love her as he loves her? Oh, that's very powerful. And then we they're can toast. All, we can all take <laughs> we that. We can all. Yeah. Yes. We ask to love her as he loves her. And it's it's even with one another. If we're struggling with yeah. a neighbor, if we're struggling with a sibling, if we're struggling mm-hmm. with a spouse, it's like, Jesus, help me to love them as you love them. Yeah. And then he just tears down those bricks one by one. But, you know, I, I think, you know, some of the most beautiful devotions I've seen in the hearts of the faithful are in the hearts of converts. Absolutely. Because once they yes. meet the fullness of the faith, and once they get to know Jesus in the Eucharist, and once they get to know Mary as mother and queen, they are not letting go. I can see that with my own husband. People think I'm the convert. sitting right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> they know one of us is a cradle Catholic. They're like, wait a minute. Well, I, love, I mean, when we first started doing the enthronements and Sacred Heart Columbus, and, you know, we were visiting and talking and praying and discerning, you know, and it would come up in conversation, and Chuck was like, I pray the rosary in the morning for my family. And you would look yeah. at the pictures of your loved ones. I would leave your home, and I was so moved by that. Mm-hmm. I said, praise God that this man has made this journey through life, and he's praying for his loved ones yeah. by meditating on the rosary, you know, and and doing the treadmill. I mean, Chuck, you can multitask like no other man I've ever met. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, Father, yes. you and, bring and up the- a great point that we just have uh, kind of brought to our awareness in the enthronement, and I think it'd be good to go through, 
you know, what happens in enthronement. But bringing the picture of your family members there, if they're not able to be there. Oh, that's a great idea. To have that, yeah, next yeah. to yeah. the... And, you know, and just to bring them to mind as you pray for them, especially those that are away from the church or away from our Lord. And we're going to do that. Uh, that's kind of a new new awareness that we came you to know, with this last And enthronement. actually, one of the questions we get is, why a picture of the Sacred Heart? Why an image of the Sacred Heart? Why an image of Mary? And I go right back to it. It's like, do you not have images of your loved ones? Do you yes, not have images many. of, you know, grandma and grandpa and mom and dad and siblings mm-hmm. and your children and grandchildren? You have pictures of all of these people, <laughs> and as treasured as they are to you, is not the Lord supposed to be even more of a treasure? So why would we not want an image of our Lord in our home? And it's just a beautiful—it brings it all together. Plus, Jesus said, for those, I will bless the homes in which the image— he, he specifically says exactly. the image of his sacred heart. Of his heart. That's how he appeared to St. Margaret Mary. Nothing the, hidden. Nothing hidden. And that heart on all the images is the same heart that she saw. And I think, as Joanne mentioned, for those listening, what is the enthronement? Very simple. All you have to do is go to enthronements.com. You register. You'll get a phone call. A missionary like Joanne and I will call and we'll schedule a time where we can help you with your preparation. And I think, Father, everything in this world you need to prepare for. Absolutely. Anything good? Mm -hmm. Anything important? You need to prepare for. Like, aren't the Blue Jackets practicing today? I I think they're preparing. They might be a little tired. (laughs) They're preparing. And uh, so forth. So I think it's the preparation. We bring everything you need. The two images, we bring a statue, we bring manuals, we bring the famous DVD by Father Stosh Daly. Rosaries. Oh, Oh, yeah, (laughs) and the rosaries. And then we come back a week later, now that they have prepared themselves, and we've gone ahead and we witness your enthronement. And you're enthroning Jesus as the king, brother, and friend of your home. And the only thing you do is open your heart and it makes it a lot easier if you open your door uh, and we can get in. We'll do it on the front stoop, but it really helps if we can actually get in the and home. we're not yeah. there to see your home. No, no. We're not there An for... open heart, open door, we bring everything else no, that's needed. No, I was in the carpet business. If you want to put new carpet down, that's okay. No. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, and then all we ask you to do, the Lord will lead you into a deeper prayer life. Absolutely. And I think the one thing that we see... And Bill mentioned it, and God bless him for mentioning it and being honest. That was the first time they prayed as a family. And that's kind of typical, really. Yeah. It is because, you know, we we might go to the men's conference and we have that wonderful experience. You go to the women's conference. Oh, yeah. But when do we come home and do it together? Yeah. It's the Sacred Heart. And it's not easy. The first time we prayed as a family, I mean, everybody had to go to the bathroom. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. All of a sudden, everything needs to be done oh, right they there. they were so tired. Homework. And, uh, yeah. Chad calls 911. Chad called 911. <laughs> True story. Yeah. But anyway. And, so but, if you know, Chad, inter- also, people ask, what is the cost of this? And there is no cost. We leave a donation envelope if they'd like to be a part of this. It's like pay ahead kind of yeah, Exactly. Principle. Right. And that allows us to, for some people, 
we 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 will give you everything you need. Yep. And it all goes to the treasurer. So the missionaries never see the amount. But anyway, six and it's just used to get supplies for future enthronements. Right. Yeah. Six one four four five nine four eight two zero at St. Gabriel or go to enthronements dot com. It's such a gift. And I know, Father, we have about five minutes left. Let's talk about the end of the month. The so, end of month. Yeah, we're heading through, uh, trying to treasure the present moment, right? We come through the month of May, and we've got all of these beautiful different feast days, everything from Saints Philip and James, uh, apostles. We began, of course, with St. Joseph the Worker. What a beautiful feast day that is. And then we'll close with the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. But then what? That leads us right into the month of June, which is a mm. month dedicated to the Sacred Heart. So this is a perfect time. Call this month, schedule your enthronement, so that we that way you can look forward to the month of June, the month of the Sacred Heart, with the Heart of Christ already in your home. And, uh, you know, we have this beautiful uh, practice of praying a novena, praying the novena. And a lot of people say, well, where's that come from? Well, the novena, the practice of praying nine days of prayer— to the Holy Spirit, to the Lord, to the Eucharist, to the Blessed Virgin, any of the saints. That comes from the nine days of uh, prayer between our Lord's Ascension and Pentecost. And we're going to find that just at the end of this month going into the next month. And, of course, then it leads us into all kinds of beautiful events, everything from Corpus Christi to Holy Spirit to, create, of course, the great Feast of the Sacred Heart, which this year falls on June 28th, a Friday, and it'll be celebrated at Sacred Heart Church in downtown Columbus, and the bishop will be offering that Mass. And that's an evening evening Mass. I believe so, yeah, an evening Mass. And of course, as we enter into the first Friday hour on the month of June, we'll be throwing out a whole bunch of details about that opportunity, uh, because the the first Friday of the month of June, of course, is at the beginning of the month, and the feast day of the Sacred Heart uh, falls at the end of the month. So they should mark their calendar right now. June 28th. And now, Father, I understand that St. Gabriel has twisted your arm a little bit. So all, <laughs> no, all <totally>. Fridays <laughs> in June, oh, yeah. we will be back on St. Gabriel <laughs> Radio true. at 8 to 9 uh, because of the Feast of the Sacred Heart. Right, We're really yeah. going to honor Jesus during yeah. that month by having four programs. The month of the Sacred Heart. So you'll you'll definitely hear new a lot of New and exciting ours. programs, right, Father? <laughs> I think all of ours are new and exciting uh, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very much so. But once again, just as a reminder and an invitation to all of you, you know, we have these different witnesses on this uh, Sacred Heart Hour. And uh, every witness strikes us differently. Mm-hmm. And there's always a different message that the Lord is sharing with us through those who give a witness. And Please make use of the archives here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Bill's uh, witness from the first half of today's hour was quite powerful, very powerful. And don't be surprised if you go back and listen to it again in its entirety and something else might strike you. You might hear in his uh, testimony how it seems like all of the promises were satisfied. You know, peace in the home, peace in the family, the image had been placed in a place of honor. Uh, you know, and his words were quite real, very real, uh, and it'll be in the archives by 9 a.m. today. So we have this beautiful opportunity, and we want to let you know that completely, that you are, by listening, you are in the St. Gabriel family. Absolutely. You are in the St. Gabriel family, and in this family, uh, the Sacred Heart is at the center of all of who we are. And just as a, a beautiful reminder to all of you who are listening, you are prayed for and you are loved by the Lord. And our sole goal here at the Sacred Heart Hour on the first Friday of the month at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio is to remind you of that love and how much Christ wants his heart in your home. 
and uh, the Holy Spirit placed on our hearts this beautiful quote, you know, if you want a home in his heart, bring his heart into your home. Oh, and that's that the greatest so thing we can offer you, fun. the heart you know, of God. We also, need needlepoint kits for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. We're thinking about marketing now, but I, I thought with Bill's testimony, Trademark. I thought with Bill's testimony this morning on session one is so many times for our listeners, and we're doing it right now, we're inviting you to open up your home to Jesus. And I think for Bill... He knew nothing about the enthronement process. He didn't know anything about it. But there was an invitation, and he said, yeah, come on up. Exactly. And that's all it is. And if you're nudged today, don't wait. Don't wait until the perfect time, what you think is the perfect time. Just say, we need our home today to be enthroned. You want that heart in your home, and you want to have a home in his heart. We bring this hour to a close, entrusting ourselves to the mercy of God by drawing close to the sacred heart of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be thou our King forever. In you we have full and entire confidence. May your Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know you better, to love you more, and to serve you without ever faltering. Amen. 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 God bless you. And Father, also, I know we have a couple minutes left. Maybe touch upon when does Easter end? When does Easter end? Not till Pentecost. You got plenty of time to party. All right. It's not the Ascension. <laughs> nope. You got it till Pentecost. You're good. Yeah. So you go to the Ascension, which is now on May 30th. Yes. Uh, they transferred it in our province to the Sunday after the Thursday. But yeah. it used to be on, a, thir- on Correct. a Thursday. Yeah. Ascension Thursday is the actual day of the Ascension. Yep. And then you would go from Thursday to the following Sunday. To Pentecost Sun- Sunday. And that's where you get the novena. And, and that's the nine days. Yeah. So for anybody, start on that Thursday. And pray Novena to the Holy the, Spirit. Novena to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then at Pentecost, and that's the official day when Easter ends. Right. The yep. season ends. That'll be the last day of the Paschal candle burning right there by the pulpit. And do you still have your flowers up, Father? The real ones. <laughs> <laughs> They're blooming. <laughs> we got it. We know how to party as Catholics. <laughs> okay. Well, God bless. Any other thoughts? Father, as we uh, come to a close here, challenge the people again, May 13th. May 13th, come to the Marian procession. And I just leave you with this. If you want Jesus, go to Mary. She'll never mislead you. She'll take you to him. All right. Well, thank you and God bless. This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus, and FM 88.3 WSGR, New Boston, Portsmouth.